welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another faith-building message by Pastor David Entry. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. May your knowledge of Jesus Christ increase as you listen. Be blessed. In God of Abraham, we know God as the Father. In the God of Isaac, we know God as the Son. So Isaac is a, a clear reflection of Christ the Son. Christ is the New Testament Isaac, so to speak. Because in the Old Testament, there was a man who gave his only begotten son as a sacrifice. And in the New Testament, an only begotten son was also given, who is Christ. And so I explain that when you know God as the God of Isaac, what it means is that you see, you see God as the God who supplies richly. In First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, he says, Warn those, or admonish, said, warn those who are rich in this world not to be high-minded or not to be haughty, nor trust in uncertain riches, uncertain riches, but in the living God who does what? Who gives us richly all things to enjoy. So God is a giver. In James 1, 17, it says that all good and perfect gifts comes from above, okay? Not abroad, above. All good and perfect gifts comes from above and comes down from the Father of light with whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning, right? So God is a provider. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, he said, And my God shall supply all. How many of them? How many of them? That means there's no need you have which God can't take care of. Amen. Permit me to interject at this juncture that there's a difference between need and want. God didn't guarantee to want, supply all your wants. He didn't say you so. He said all your needs. But Bible also tells us that the young lions suffer want and hunger, but they who trust in the Lord will never want any good thing or shall never want. But he said God shall supply. Why? Because God is a supplier. Abraham, 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 Abraham. Abraham was such a good father. He provided up virtually everything for Isaac to the extent that I mean, as, as far as where Isaac was buried, I found that quite interesting. His tomb, he, not him alone, him and his wife, where they were buried, it is his father who bought the land and uh, paid for it in Genesis chapter 49, 31, 32. And the, the land, where the, the well he dug, the wells he dug were wells in Genesis chapter 28, verse 18, 26, verse 18, sorry. They were wells that his father had dug already and had been left unattended to so it's like it's been stopped by the Philistines. The Philistines envied his father. So in his father's absence, some of the wells that there's, there, there's so much that Isaac didn't even get a chance to take care of those things. The father was now old. The Philistines um, just covered and stopped some of the wells. Isaac didn't dig new wells. He just redug the wells that Abraham, his father, has dug already. When he got when he got, he, got, he, got, he got to getting a wife, his father has to send someone to go and get him a wife. When Ishmael was messing up, he didn't fight. His father just did, sorted it. God said, deal with Ishmael, get rid of Ishmael for him. When, his, when God requested for a sacrifice, he asked his father, where is the lamb? His father said, God will provide for himself a lamb. So in the God of Isaac, we see God as a God who provides. I can't wait to get to God of Jacob. Hey, if you study the Bible very carefully from Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, from chapter 1 to chapter 6 there about, um, chapter 7, chapter 6, Noah comes in. Chapter 7, Noah, down, down to I think chapter 9 or so. And then, then chapter 11, the Tower of Babel, when they try to build a tower to the heavens. And then and so chapter, from chapter 6 to 9, 10, there is Noah 
So Adam took his share, and then his sons, Cain and Abel, also had their share, chapter 3 and chapter 4. Enoch, uh, Abel, the one who walked with Enoch, chapter, chapter 4, chapter 5. And then chapter 6, Noah came in, and then Noah took to uh, Noah, few chapters, even Adam, few chapters. Um, Tower of Babel, one chapter. Then Abraham gets in chapter 12. That's the story of Abraham. Before the chapter 11 ended, Abraham started coming in. Chapter 12, Abraham. Chapter 13, Abraham. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. 21, Isaac was born, but still Abraham. 22, Isaac was requested for to be sacrificed, but still Abraham. 23, Abraham. 24, then um, I think 23, Sarah begins to die. And Abraham lived, I think, 37 years or so after Sarah had died. And he lived and through Keturah, gave birth to seven other children. So in 25, Abraham. No, the man was a strong man. <laughs> because, can you imagine? Yes, the good thing is, before he had Isaac, his body was dead. <laughs> Isaac brought everything alive. That was a true revival, you know? The residue of revival. <laughs> and he had seven other children after Isaac. Seven, with Keturah. Am I talking to a Ketura here? <laughs> <laughs> but some of you are thinking that maybe, maybe Isaac, everything had to be done for him because his father was an old man. So in chapter 25, from chapter 12 to chapter 25, it's just predominantly basically about Abraham and his land and his family. Then after chapter 25, chapter 26, Isaac takes the reins. So from chapter 26, chapter 26 from verse 1, it talks about how there was famine in the land like the days of Abraham. And Isaac, uh, famine in the land, and then Isaac decided to travel. God said, don't go to Egypt. You don't have to uh, migrate. Just stay where I am. Because this immigration thing, Isaac, you don't have to travel. Stay here. You'll be okay. Abraham was an immigrant. Watch this. Isaac, chapter 26, chapter 27. And really, there was not much to say about him again. His story was coming from chapter 24, but Isaac, Abraham was still on the scene. So there was an overlap, but it's actually Abraham before Abraham died. Right, read from verse 25, chapter 25, it's more about the story of Isaac. And then he had children in chapter 25. Everything happened a lot of... His time, chapter 26 was when uh, he almost traveled and then he did the, redig the wells of his father and... Rehoboth and everything. Oh, chapter 26. Chapter 27, about his sons and transferring of the blessings. Then chapter 28, he got, uh, Jacob goes, gets the blessing and run, uh, runs away from home. From chapter 28 to chapter 50. Okay. How many chapters are those? Maths, 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 maths. 20, 50 minus 28. <laughs> okay. So 22, watch this. 22 chapters dedicated or 13 chapters dedicated to Abraham. Two chapters dedicated to Isaac. Isaac. And the 22 predominantly dedicated to Jacob before Israel was formed. 22 chapters. So the God of Jacob is a God who will occupy most of your Christian work. And as we grow, and I'm going to teach you about the constitution of the spirit. God's purpose has always been to work himself into us. That's the, the Christian life. And he has to chop a lot from you. Some of you, since you go born again, you can feel the cleaning. It's, it's, it's pruning you. It's, it's chopping some stuff. It's cleaning you up. He's not punishing you. He's just polishing you. Now, so Isaac, he just came to inherit. He was born to inherit. He wasn't born to labor. <laughs> Say Hallelujah. In effect, that's the New Testament church, you know. This work with Christ is not, it's not personal strength. It's not personal, okay, me, now I'm going to do this. Okay, I'll do this. I won't do this. I'll do this. No, it's not that. It's not that. How many times have you said you are going to wake up to pray? 
human, human beings are so fragile. We can't do so much, or we can't do just that much. So then sometimes you think that it is by your strength. Bible says that by the arm of flesh shall no man prevail. First Samuel chapter one, verse chapter two, verse nine. By the arm of flesh shall no man prevail. If you don't prevail by strength, you prevail by grace. So the God of Isaac. We get to know him as the God of grace. What's grace? It's an unmerited favor. What's your favor? What you actually do not deserve. It's just given to you. Because you didn't work for it. It came to you. So the God of Isaac, we get to know him. He's a supplier, he's a provider. And we get to know. Listen, there's something quickly I want you to know. We, it is important to understand that Christians, we are saved by grace. But we continue by grace as well. It's not just that you are saved by grace to come in by grace. You actually stay in by grace. So if you didn't have to use your own physical and energy, your, your, your might to get you saved, then it doesn't take your might to, to stay safe. If grace saved you, the point I'm trying to make is that we come in by grace and we stand by grace. We come in by grace and we stay by grace. Uh, to know the God as the God of Isaac, it means that to know him as the supplier from the beginning to the end. Not only at some point. Listen, if you are believing God for for healing, then believe God after he has healed you for sound health. Not that just don't wait to be sick for you to believe him. That's what I do. I believe God that I, I won't be sick and I don't get sick. And every now and then if I overwork my body and my body begins to react, I just believe God for total overhaul. So believe God for not just for healing. Because how many of you agree with me that sound health is better than healing? The reason why you, you need healing is just to give, give you a peace of mind in your health. So believe God for healing. Listen, don't listen to that lie. And I don't want to use the word crap. Don't listen to that lie that uh, at your age, these are the normal things. Who told you? Watch this. It is not everybody at that age that is going through that. Not everybody. Because life operates by ways. So don't accept the fact that oh, now that you are 50, your bones will begin to ache. Who told you? Every, there are people who are 70 and their bones don't ache. How about that? There is no woman in the Bible who was barren and didn't have a miracle child for who, a, a, a unique child. Every woman who was barren, apart from David's wife, who did. Yeah, but every woman, she was the only barren woman in the Bible. That means that barrenness is not of God. A Christian woman is not supposed to be barren. If you're a Christian woman and you're struggling with childbirth, believe God that, tell God, I am I'm a seed of Abraham. I enjoy from the God of Isaac. Abraham never suffered that. Abraham, but he had his child. Even if you are 50, you still have to have your child. Unless you say, I don't have to. But if Sarah could have a child before Jesus came, then none that Jesus has come, Sarah was not the son of God. We are the sons of God. Bible says that he can bring many sons to glory. Romans chapter 8 verse 29. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son, that he, can, he might be the firstborn amongst many, many, many brethren. He's not the only one. We are all now part of it. He said, except a can of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But when it dies, it produces much grain. And that much grain, we are the much grain that Jesus' death has produced. So Jesus, he used to be the, the only begotten son, but he's now the firstborn son. And we, his brothers, are many of us. Hebrews chapter, chapter 2 says that, that as, man, as his, that his brothers were, particular, were uh, particular of the flesh and blood, he also became the same, took part in the same. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 11. All right, so the point I'm making is that we 
are in a different phase. And so if Abraham then could get it done for them. See, I know what you are thinking. Oh, but in those days, things are different because people were living long. You can also choose to live long. Yeah. Oh, but God said it's 70. You, t- you keep 70. <laughs> are there not people who are older than 70 years? You can live longer if you want to. Pastor, why are you saying this? What gives you the audacity? Because the one who sent me told me that you can live longer if you want to. You can live sickness-free if you want to, as, as long as you are in Christ. If you are not in Christ, you are, you, death is all around you. It doesn't come. It's only Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ outside of you, the guarantee of doom. So, back to God of Abraham and Isaac. So, we, we are saved by grace and we walk by grace. That's something important I want somebody to understand. And I want to quickly, because of the God of Isaac I'm dealing with, I want to talk about being Christ, being in Christ, and Christ in us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, he said that, therefore, if any man be in Christ, if any man is in, say in Christ, Christ. say in Christ. Christ. I want to ask a question. Before I ask that question, can we, can we flip to Colossians chapter 1 verse 27? Colossians 1 verse 27. It says that to them God will, God will to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is, which is what? Christ in you. The hope of glory. Which is what? Christ in you. Which is what? Christ in you. If any man is in Christ. Now here it's talking about Christ in you. So who is in who? Is it we who are in Christ or Christ who is in us? Is there a difference between being in Christ and Christ being in you? When it comes to the God of Isaac, it's very important to understand that grace, this is how grace works. First of all, the order, don't forget the order. We are to be in Christ and then Christ being in us. Galatians chapter 3 verse 3. In, in, in Romans, I was doing a studies. I, just, I discovered that in Romans, Christianity begins by grace. But I found out that in Galatians, Christianity continues by grace. Galatians 3.3 3 says that, Are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? If you begin by grace, what keeps you going is to continue by grace. That's what I said earlier on. Now, how about being in Christ? John chapter 15, verse. John chapter 15, verse 4 and 5. It said, Abide in me and I in you. Did you see that? Did you see that? Abide in me and I in you. Abide in me and I in you. Abide in me and I in you. It's not just abide in me and it's not just I abide in you. It's you abide in me and I in you. Don't Take the order lightly. The order is important, all right? So we abide in him, we in Christ, and Christ in us. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him Best much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So he said, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him. Then the fruit begins to manifest. So when we talk about we abiding in Christ, it has to do with the work of Christ. What the facts that Christ came, he came from heaven to earth to get something inside you as regularly as possible. Because the, other than that, there will be two. How many of you know that Satan is bombarding us with so many negative stuff. 
You know, some of you, it's not that you are not good enough or you can't deal with some things because you have been listening to the wrong stuff. So it has affected your initiative, affected your strength, affected the things you can do. Who told you you can't achieve anything? That's the wrong information they gave you. So the more you listen to the word of God, the more faith builds up. And if your faith builds up, you win by faith. Jesus said, be it unto you according to your faith. Christ in you has to do with the facts. What Christ has done has to do with the work of Christ. So when you are in Christ, you are exposed to his work. When you, you are in Christ, whatever he died for it to happen to you, are now, they are all available for you. How about Christ in you? Christ in you has to do with the life of Christ. The life of Christ that empowers you to enjoy what actually he died for you for. When you are in him, you are now entitled to it. But when he's in you, he empowers you to enjoy it. That's the God of Isaac. So everything is covered. I, am, I, am, I, am I communicating? Some of you know that God can do it, but sometimes it's hard for you to say, God, do it. Allowing the uh, walking with Christ. Now, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. He says that I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ, the life that I now live. Did you see that? He said, shall we all read it from the screen? Galatians, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Is that okay we all read it from the screen? Let's go. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I'm, I'm living, but it's not me. It's Christ in me that is living. That is very, very important in your Christian work. It's the Christ in you that guarantees. Now, when you become born again, you realize you discover that you discover that you have been saved from your conduct, your conduct, the things you need to do, the things you have actually been saved because it's not by your conduct. Christ has to, that is why Christ had to come and live. He could have come on a Monday and die on a Friday. Come on a Monday, do all his teachings between Monday and Friday and die on a Friday the way he died, would that, be, would that have been sufficient? No, it wouldn't have been. He had to be made perfect. He had to be perfected by the sufferings. And he had to, watch this, he had to live the human life, meet the standard of God, accrue all the righteous interests. So when you come, he transfers it to you as though he is the one who has been living your life all along. But if he hasn't lived that life, he doesn't have that Credit to transfer into your account. So he had to live the human life. In, in Hebrews, the Bible said he was tempted at all points, just as we are. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. He was tempted at all points, just like us, but he was without, yet without sin. And then Hebrews 2, 17 says that, listen, he, did, he does not have what it takes. He would not have what it takes to be happy for us if he had not lived where we live. He, how can he talk for us? God doesn't understand. How can he talk for us? So he had to come and live our life, so experience what we experience, so he can intercede for us. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 17. So he can intercede for us. He can be a merciful high priest. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren, okay? That he might be a merciful and a faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make intercession for the sins of the people. That's why he had to live our lives. And so now when we come to him, watch this, because every, when, we get, when you become born again, you, are, you find out that your conduct was wrong. But after you stay in Christ a while, you also discover that it wasn't just, ah, it wasn't just the, the stuff I used to do that was just wrong. My person is actually wrong too. So when you come in Christ, you find out your conduct was wrong. But when Christ begins to live in you, you realize that your person actually needs amendment. So Christ being in us has to do with the life of Christ being manifested in our life. 
the life of Christ being lived out through our lives. That's what it means to be a Christian, actually. And you can't enjoy the fruits that God has prepared for us outside of grace, outside of you being in Christ and Christ being in you. That is what this God of Isaac thing is so all, all about. Because other than that, it will, it will end up seeing you in Christ. It ends up just being a theory. Because you know God has done, Christ has done this for me. Christ has done it. Yeah, I'm blessed. He's a supplier. But where is the supply? Why am I not experiencing it? That's when you hear people say, I've prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. That thing is not really working. It works. It works. I see someone receiving a blessing. Amen. I see someone moving to a higher level. Amen. And beginning to enjoy God in a very strong way. In the mighty name of Jesus. So what happens is that the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, once we come into Christ, what happens is that we have died. Because Bible says that when you are dead, you are free from sin. Romans chapter 6 verse 7. That's an interesting text, isn't it? Romans chapter 6 from Romans 6, 7. So for he who has died has been freed from sin. And so... And we know the wages of sin is dead, death, okay? So because of our conduct, we died in Christ. When you come to Christ, he said, I am being crucified with Christ, all right? So because of our conduct, we died in Christ. But then we have to live. And so we died with Christ, we resurrect with Christ, and we are standing with Christ. Something must die, and then something new must come. That's the resurrection, new, new, new life in Christ. That's the resurrection. Am I communicating? New life in Christ. So Christians have the resurrection life. But I discovered that that's not all that there is. Your position is also changed, has changed. We, we are here, but we have a position in heaven. But all these things were not accomplished by ourselves. And you don't realize them just by yourself. You realize them when you now you are walking in Christ and Christ is living in you. That is when, watch this, because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30, it's God, he has put us in Christ. Okay, said, but of him you are in Christ Jesus. So it's of God we are in Christ Jesus. This is so important. So that means that when Christ was dying, he died with you. When Christ was resurrected, he resurrected with you. And when Christ ascended, he ascended with us. Now, when we are in Christ and we begin to allow our, our spirits to walk with God, for Christ, let me put it this way, we allow Christ to live in us, we begin to realize everything that God has provided for us. It's not so much to do with your physical strength as it has to do with your allowing grace to work in you, allowing Christ to live in you, and not, not focusing so much on how you feel, what you think, what you like, what you don't like, but about how Christ, be, be my Lord. Christ, I surrender. Christ, I yield. Christ consciousness. Christianity has everything to do with Christ consciousness. Christ-centeredness, that is Christianity. The God of Isaac means that the God who supplies for us to enjoy. And for us to enjoy it, we have to be in Christ. Christ must be in us. We have to be in Christ, and Christ must be in us. I see someone's marriage in Christ. Christ in your marriage. Someone's health in Christ. I am of the firm opinion that somebody is living here this morning healed. Why? Because Christ is our provider. Christ is our supplier. God will take care of you. God will supply. Learn how to trust God. Learn how to rest in God. Listen, if we choose to live the life of Christ, we'll never live a life of defeat. I know my children will do well in life. Why am I saying that? Not because I'm a fantastic parent. I try to do everything that the Bible teaches me to do. But because I, am a, I'm, I work in Christ, I'm a covenant child of Christ, everything around me must respond. Must respond. The God of Isaac is taking care of you. 
and he will fix you. And he will fix you. He's fixing you. He's fixing you. He's fixing you. I declare miracles. I declare testimonies. I declare favors. Thank you for listening. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Why don't you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Caris Church and subscribe to our podcast so you are always up to date. Be blessed.